In a few moments, um, we're going to open up the floor and open up the mics here so that you as a congregation can encourage one another with how the Lord has encouraged you this past year with scripture, with a song, with a hymn, with a spiritual song, with some aspect of who God is and how he has encouraged you. So if you haven't thought about that, well, now is a great time to begin, and then you'll have some time in a little bit. And so we'll be sharing, the, sharing about that. But before we do so, I want to set the stage for this from Ephesians chapter 5 uh, and also from Colossians. But as we begin, let us open up with a word of prayer this morning. Join with me. Father, we come before you. There is so much for us to be thankful for, so much for us to worship you for. All that we are, all that we have, we give you praise. And so, Lord, we pray that you would use us today, that you would use your word, that you would use your spirit working in your people, that you would use us to encourage us in who you are, that you are a God who is not distant, but you are one who is living and active, that you are a God who is involved in our daily affairs, that you are a good heavenly father, and you watch after us, and you sustain us day by day and moment by moment. So, Lord, guide our thoughts with your word here this morning, we pray. Amen. It's Thanksgiving, so give thanks, be thankful. Apparently, this is something that we're not naturally bent to do, which is why we need to be reminded with a national holiday every year that we would actually be thankful and give thanks. In fact, in Scripture, it is one of... Uh, one of the most commonly commanded things that God's people are called to do, to sing, to actually open up our voices and sing, and also called to give thanks. Recently, there has been a spate of uh, bestsellers on the New York Times bestseller list that have been talking about the benefits of a life of gratitude and the benefits of a life of thankfulness. And so one of those books uh, written by a guy named Robert Emmons, who is a professor of psychology at the University of California. He wrote a book entitled, Thanks, How Practicing Gratitude Can Make You Happier. And he gives extensive uh, research that he and his S Institute for Happiness has done. And here are some of the things that they discovered. They discovered a strong correlation between gratitude and our physical, psychological, and social well-being. According to Emmons, grateful people tend to have stronger immune systems, they have lower blood pressure, they're more alert, more alive, and more awake. They experience more joy, more optimism, and more happiness. They're more likely to be generous, compassionate, forgiving, and helpful. It is indisputable, Emmons says, that human beings function, be function best when they appreciate the good things that they have been given to them. So Scripture, I believe, quite possibly commands us and calls us to be thankful, to give God the honor and praise that He is due and the thanks that He is due, but it also calls us to be thankful because it is something that we in particular need for our, for our well-being. So look at Paul, what Paul says here in one expression of how we as a church body are to be thankful in Ephesians chapter 5. Paul writes, he says, be filled with the Spirit, 
How do you be filled with the Spirit? For example, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Is that how do you express this thanks? There is this connection between encouraging one another with who God is, what God has done through his word, through songs, hymns, and spiritual songs, and doing so to encourage one another and to give thanks for his goodness continually expressed in our lives. Paul commands the Colossian church in of the church of Colossae to do the same thing. He says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. We've been looking at this last week. But the, let the word of Christ dwell in you rich me, lit, richly, and when that occurs, here's what happens. It overflows. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual thought songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So he commands these expressions of gratitude in our lives. These things to focus, um, focus us in how we're to express gratitude. He says that we're supposed to do it with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs in our expressions. Psalms, what is that? Well, that's the hymn book of the Old Testament. The assumption is that people would have memorized this and that when someone is going through something, that there would be a verse of the psalm that a believer or a Christian could have to encourage another Christian. Hymns, what are those? Well, at this time, they were the songs of the New Testament church, songs that they had developed celebrating who Christ is and what he has done, that they're celebrating the past and the work that God has done in the past. Spiritual songs, what are those? Those are personal songs of the heart that the Spirit has moved somebody to, to sing a song. And it says, may you be a people who address one another and make melody and make melody to the Lord, that your heart would encourage one another, that your heart would sing a new song, that it would be inspired, having been filled with the Holy Spirit, it would overflow in encouragement to one another, both by things that you have learned in Scripture and by your own expressions of the heart. In fact, the book of Revelation tells us that one of the characteristics of God's people throughout history and into eternity is that they will sing a new song. And when we, all, when we get to have eternal life, we will join together and sing another new song, a song that we've never heard of before. Just as an aside... One of the ways that we strive to practice this in our worship services on a weekly basis is that we choose songs and content that celebrates the richness of the past, that embraces the freshness of the present, and also celebrates the hope of the future. So he gives us some ways that we're to do this. Now look at who they are to do this for. And this is such a shift from our individualistic society. Because when we think about songs and hymns and spiritual songs and songs in our hearts and word, the scripture verses that have been meaningful to us, we generally don't think, wow, I need to go share this with somebody. In fact, we generally tend to do the opposite. We tend to say, I want to keep this by myself. I want to ride in my car and turn up my music loud or sing in the shower so no one else hears me. 
or I want to have an experience of worship that's completely by myself, and such an idea, of course, is nowhere in Scripture. But who are these songs that we are to have for? Well, it tells us that we're to do it and make melody to the Lord with your heart. Now, we do these things to give praise and honor to God. And so there's this beautiful interplay in this passage. It says, be filled with the Spirit, and then make music, songs, hymns, spiritual songs. And the interplay is this, is that the Spirit works in our hearts, bringing to mind His Word, hymns of the church, songs and spiritual songs, that the Spirit works in us to give God the praise that He is due, that we individually and as a body become the very instrument of God's grace and the very instrument giving honor and music to the Lord. There is an implication for some of us here today, which is this, is that if you're one that you don't like singing, you don't like expressing emotion, this actually, I believe, is the second most common command in Scripture, to sing to the Lord. The encouragement for you would to be is to stop suppressing the work of the Holy Spirit in your life and open yourself to the work of His Spirit in your heart in your soul, in your body, in your voice, and sing unto the Lord. So yes, on the one hand, these are things that we're to do to give praise, to give thanks to God. But notice how it begins, that we are to be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another. Rich, help me out there. We can be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another, with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, making music to the Lord, giving thanks in all things. So on the one hand, we're to do this giving, to give God to the Lord with our hearts, to give Him the honor and praise that He is due. But on the other hand, it says the way that we are to do this is through our interactions one with each other. That we are to address one another reminding one another of who God is and what He has done, reminding one another of the truths of Scripture, reminding one another of meaningful hymns and songs and things that have encouraged us. This here is another reason why the Christian life is not an individual journey or cannot be journeyed as individually, is that we are called to be a body of people that encourages and strengthens one another, a group of people that continuously yes, directs our praise to God for the strengthening of other people. Or you could say the opposite, that we direct our praise and encouragements to each other, ultimately for the thanks and worship of God. I think you have probably experienced this dynamic. God encouraging one another, addressing one another, in order to give praise and worship to God. I think you've experienced this probably just a few moments ago as we listened to Andrea sing such a beautiful song, that there is something that occurs in our own hearts when you have a heartfelt offertory, when you're standing and singing in the congregation with someone who is singing to the Lord with all their heart, that encourages us to also give praise and honor to God and to encourage others. Or many of us know the experience and the encouragement that comes of being in a difficult time in life or a difficult season, and someone sharing with you a 
a truth from God's Word, such as Romans 8. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to His purpose. So here's the dynamic of who we are supposed to be as God's people. We're to be filled with the Spirit, and we are to address one another with the words of Scripture, with music, in order to encourage one another that we would be a people who are giving thanks to God in all things. So let's take a look at that last encouragement there. Giving thanks always and for everything. It's commanded many times in Scripture, I believe, because we quite simply just don't do it. Right? It is easy to be critical. It is easy to find fault. It is easy to look at life and see things that aren't the way that we want them to be. One Christian writer gives this warning. She makes the point that when we give undue attention to the dark, when we give undue attention to the struggles in this life, we give undue praise to the devil. When we focus on the dark, this writer says, we make darkness seem stronger than light. And we see it every day in cable news networks and how social media thrives by casting shadows over the goodness that we've been given and that they could report on. And so it says, those who are filled with the Spirit are not complaining and criticizing, but rather in everything are giving thanks. Well, how do you do that in the struggles of life? Uh, Ken Sandy, who just has such wisdom, he encourages, he says, the way that you do this, you know, Ken Sandy always has tons and tons of acronyms to help us remember things. He says, the way that you do this, the way that you live a life of gratitude is you live life going on a daily egg hunt, is what he says. Is that you go on an egg hunt, and egg stands for, you look for evidence of God's grace. That day in and day out, you look for eggs. You look for evidence of God's grace. From your heart beating, to the breath that you have, to your livelihood, to the freedom that we have in this country, to worship, to speech, to a safe society, to a government that generally doesn't interfere in our daily lives, from brothers and sisters and parents, from grace that God gives to us, the ability to laugh, the ability to have relationships, for barbecue on the grill, for that glorious can of ocean spray, cranberry jelly, which you get to crack open once a year. Evidence, is evidence of God's grace. Here's what it looks like when somebody practices this and practices speaking the words of truth. Ken Sandy goes on to describe his mother and his mother-in-law. And this was his characterization of them. He says this, My mother-in-law lived with our family for 20 years. For six of those years, my mother also lived with us. My wife and I called them the two treasures. In all the years they lived in our home, I never once, I never heard one word of criticism, one word of grumbling or complaining from either of them. Really, they were that gracious. And even when the pain of Parkinson's, broken hips, and other troubles became a daily challenge for them, they were both amazingly cheerful and positive. 
They didn't talk about their pains unless we pressed them. They rarely sighed, moaned, or looked downcast, even when we knew that they were suffering. Yes, as they grew older, they did take more of our time and more of our attention. But they didn't wait until their twilight years to develop these pleasant qualities. Each of them had cultivated a cheerful attitude from the earliest days. They made it a habit to be grateful for what they had instead of grumbling about what they lacked. These winsome qualities continued to serve them well when failing health finally forced each of them into a nursing home. They were still so considerate that whenever their buzzers, whenever they rang their buzzers, aides scurried to win the privilege of caring for them. We and many others were the daily beneficiaries of their pleasant ways. Now that they are gone, we miss them intensely. Our home seems so empty without them. Any comments? He says, today is the day to begin building a gracious attitudes and behaviors into life. So when the veneer of company manners is worn away, what shines through is pure gold. And someday, when your kids are fighting about you, it won't be over who has to care for you, but over who gets to care for you. Those who are filled with the Spirit find and look for evidence of God's grace in everyday situations. And when we look for these eggs, when we look for this evidence of God's grace, Scripture encourages us to share them, to encourage others, to share with one another the word of Christ, to share with one another hymns and spiritual songs of gratitude, and to share these things as expressions of gratitude in our own lives and encourage gratitude in the lives of others. And so last week I gave you a homework assignment for this week. And so I ask you is that how has the word of Christ, how has God's word dwelled in you richly this past year? What thoughts of who God is, what passages of scripture have been particularly strengthening to you or meaningful to you? What song or hymns or spiritual songs have encouraged you? And let me just, just to be very straightforward, it doesn't need to be profound. It doesn't need to be this theological treatise. Just quite simply, what has given you encouragement about who God is and how his word and his people have ministered to you this past year? So in a moment, we're going to open up the mics, but um, I'll start off just by sharing one way in particular. Um, last winter, um, there was a time, I was on a Sunday morning when I was driving to church, and I was just uh, especially um, weighed down. It was a time when I was just in the midst of some pressures that were crushing to me. Um, I was being overwhelmed, um, both with the burden of brokenness and the effects of sin and tragedy in this world and in our community and in our church, and at the same time being overwhelmed with my own personal inadequacies. And, um, and at that particular Sunday morning as I was driving in, my own personal inadequacies of how much I did not like what I was about to get up and speak to you for 30 minutes or so. Um, and so I came in here to the sanctuary, and I usually get here at six something in the morning on a Sunday morning. 
and in January, it's usually pitch black when I'm getting here, and it's usually pitch black for quite some time. And then the other thing that I do on Sunday mornings is that when it's empty, I crank the music here really, really loud, okay? Um, turn, the, <laughs> turn the stereo system on. It's kind of like, you know, my pregame workout music, you know? I mean, kind of like preacher style, pregame music, right? And so I was in the sanctuary, and I was getting ready for Sunday morning, and I had the music in here really loud, and I was just particularly at this moment just really overwhelmed and feeling crushed and burdened and, and like weighed down to the point of not really wanting to get up. And in the midst of that, there's a song that came on um, Spotify, which the lyrics of that song said this, um, I've heard you calling my name. I've heard the song that you sing. So I will let you draw me forth out beyond the shore. For as your love in wave after wave crashes over me, and it crashes over me, for you are for us, and you are not against us. And it was through that that it just reminded me afresh and anew and again of the truth of Scripture of what shall separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Is there anything? No, there is nothing. There is nothing that separates us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. And so that is just one way that songs and scriptures have encouraged me this past year. How about you?